Shut up, I love it. Oh, shut up. I love it. I love this podcast, especially listening on mute. I just wish they would take their own advice and shut up. Shut up. I love it. This is Joe Cabello here with my co-host. Sasha Feiler. And this is Shut Up. I Love It, a podcast where we invite a special guest to talk about something or someone underrated, Mm. underappreciated, misunderstood, reviled, forgotten, loved, but also hated at the same time, anything of the kind. Joe, who do we have in the studio today? We have comedian and writer Andrea Listenberger. Welcome. Hi. Joe, that was good. That was a really good impression. Was it? I, I, that was pretty it, good. Thank you so much to have you tell me that is everything. If I mean, Sasha I was. I, that, no, but I you? wasn't expecting right. it out of the gate. Sa- Sasha, do you have one too? Or I don't. No, I'm not going to compete. <laughs> like, I mean, no. I, 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 but I have insider stories about the, the, the subject. Oh my! I'm God. very excited to hear those. I was so nervous to one do that to my voice and two <laughs> uh, say come up with any jokes to rival what we're talking about today. So, Andrea, what are we talking about? Whom? Whom, if you will. Uh, well, if you didn't gather from Joe's terrific impression, which I, I can't do impressions like that. So uh, mm. so good job. Uh, we're talking about motherfucking Joan Rivers. Ooh. A qu- uh, legend. Legend? Uh, legends, comedy legends, comedy queen. Um, known for her stand-up, known for her stints on Fashion Police, known for a lot of things, and uh, also not known for some things that she probably should be known for uh, Mm. because collective memory is terrible and the way that we treat our comedy legends sometimes falls short. And and, And and our women comedy legends as well. History is not kind. History is not kind, and people are not always kind either in history, uh, which is... Nor was she. Especially... Especially true in this case. Yeah, she was the least kind. So as far as Joan Rivers, um, because you listed great credits for her. People do know her. She was around. Um, But why is she a fitting uh, subject for this podcast? What category of Shut Up, I Love It do you see her um, fitting in? You know, I think she's actually uh, a twofer. Much like her career, she's a multi-hyphenate because I think she falls into Mm -hmm. the sometimes hated category. Um, Certainly people in my circle have expressed that they've hated her before because, you know, she's known for being brash. She's known for being uh, insulting, especially when she's critiquing people on the the red carpet. Um, But I also think that there's a large part of her uh, work and her story that's just unknown and underappreciated and those things definitely play with each other but uh kind of stand on their own as well i'm excited to hear about those because i'll be honest i really love joan rivers but i don't know much about her as far as anything that you're alluding to i know the things you listed you know in her comedy her jokes and fashion police and whatnot but i'm sure you don't last that long in hollywood without like you know, wiggling your way in all this, these other places and uh, putting your influence. Um, Sasha, Joan Rivers, is this somebody you know? 
Do I know her personally? Yeah. Um, did you guys she, chill? by the way, she passed away, so I can't. I wouldn't even if I tried. But uh, I did hear about her quite a bit in the year of our Jesus Lord, two thousand nine, when she was on Celebrity Apprentice with. The show that we, ruined we, we, America. We know, we know. We do not. We, we do not. We do not name. <laughs> we do not say his name. Uh, and um, my husband now, but at the time, very like fresh boyfriend, like very fresh boyfriend, right out the gate. He was uh, a cameraman on Celebrity Apprentice, and he so has he the secrets. Oh he has God, the secrets. He, he has the secrets about the one who we shall not name. Um, about being very uh, aggressive to people who would touch his tie like fixing the tie like the sound like the mic person and then the one just to just to just to mention him and never talked about him again for the rest of my life um until that, he's so brought he, up uh, as a guest until he'll never right right well so he he would make people wear gloves if they were to touch his person because he was that afraid of like human oil especially on his like expensive ties whatever bad person but Joan Rivers was apparently super funny super nice to everybody from like a PA to everybody around her but also very aggressive when people were not being good to her or anybody so like if a shitty reality producer which a lot of them are can't be described as shitty like not all reality producers so don't you know i know quite a few very nice people but sometimes reality producers can be kind of hacky and um, manipulative and so i guess at some point she was very hungry waiting in the limo with her driver uh with her chauffeur and uh waiting for her food and the guy uh the reality producer finally like handed her this food that she's been waiting for she opened it up she said fuck you this is garbage and threw it in his face and said, let's drive, like, let's go. And they just drove off. (laughs) (laughs) And other times she really hated uh, Annie Duke, whom she won. Uh, Like that was a big round that she had to win Annie Duke, which is like this famous uh, female poker player who she, uh, Joan Rivers went up against. And apparently Annie was an evil person to everybody on the set. People hated her, everybody, the whole crew. And so it was a very big moment when Joan Rivers won and Jay almost caught on camera Annie Duke flipping off with the corner of his eye, flipping off Joan Rivers and he like panned the camera and he just missed it. Would have been such a great piece of news. But I remember, remember dating him. I was in New York. I was in New York still. And he would like tell me about it. Like he would tell me about because I knew like of her. I didn't like listen to her stand up, but I knew of her. And he was like, she is really cool, fun and nice. And when the mic guy would fix the mic on her, she'd be like, oh, get in there. Like put it in, like, you know, (laughs) grab them. Like I would, I could only wish for young men like you, you know, like doing her Joan Rivers stuff. Um, so that is a long-winded way to tell you how uh, familiar I am with her persona. Deeply. Um, Deeply. Very good. And Andrea, when did you grow your love for Joan Rivers? Did it start as a kid or later? You know, it's it's funny, Sasha, that you have that connection via your husband okay. because I actually first kind of became aware of her through Celebrity Apprentice as well. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my entry point, which is, you know... Backwards from everything that she's, you know, mostly loved for is through Celebrity Apprentice and also her reality show, uh, Joan and Melissa. Mm-hmm. Because I, in fact, 
am one of those reality TV producer hacks who manipulate people. <laughs> but anyway, like fast forward to like two, the two, early 2009, Some of my favorite produ- people are reality <laughs> producer hacks. Someone give Sasha a shovel to climb as out a person, of this hole. Wait, as a former a reality pr- reality editor hack. So it's it's a sisterhood. It's a sisterhood It of is hacks. true, yeah. You, you yeah. were in the trenches too, Sasha. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was watching, I was pretty much watching um, any like new reality show that came out uh, when Joan and Melissa hit the air. And I started watching that. It, it was a show, I think it was on, uh, it ran for, I think, four, three or four seasons. And uh, it was like her and her daughter, Melissa Rivers, who's also a, a personality who's additionally on Fashion Police, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, but I found that, you know, as a docuseries, just delightful. And it kind of led me down into the rabbit hole of finding out more about her, uh, learning a little bit more about her story, uh, listening to some of her stand up, finding other things that she'd been in. A lot of it, you know, finding on YouTube clips from her appearances on late night shows, from her hosting her own late night show and uh, really just kind of fell in love with her and just fell in love with like who she is as a person. Um, Super fascinating woman. And that was just kind of like the tip of the iceberg, what I saw on both Celebrity Apprentice and uh, Joan and Melissa. And yes, Annie Annie Duke was very evil on that show. (laughs) So I'm glad (laughs) to hear that the people on, uh, the people behind the scenes. uh, Ayatsi. You yeah. know, let's get that strike going. All they, those people. <laughs> they they know. They know your secret. So be nice to them. And also nice pay them. them and let them go home at the end of the day. Now this episode just has to come out in time for the strike. <laughs> let's, I, let's be part of it. We will stop yeah. doing episodes if they strike. <laughs> we have too many in the can for us to affect it. But Andrea, I want to compliment you, by the way, on the... Um, the very interesting highlights of her career, of Joan's career that you sent to us. Because, like, I feel like even just getting familiar with that would have given a great range for somebody to be like, oh, I get what she was about, like, at least enough to have a conversation. And a lot of things I recognized, but some things were, like, op- eye-opening to me. Yeah, yeah. very yeah, well and curated. I, and mm-hmm. I feel I feel like what's... what's and, and this is why I, I, I picked her, is I feel like what a lot of people say... You know, Joan Rivers, if you don't, you know, know her work or you just know a little bit about her, you think fashion police or you think of the image of a older plastic surgery, very loud woman who's just yelling, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't you at least that's the impression that I got from her when I would, you know, people would comment on her when I was growing up. Um, You know, I'm from the middle of the country, so people didn't really bring her up that often. Mm -hmm. But when she was brought up, she was in the category of people like, you know, Fran Drescher, Roseanne Barr, not Mm. as, you know, other very good, talented comedians, but as loud, abrasive women Mm. who you maybe weren't supposed to like very much. Or God forbid, be like. Exactly, exactly. Because who would <laughs> who would want to be like a, a crazy, talented, mm-hmm. funny woman who has, you know, happens to have plastic surgery and, you know, is doing whatever she can to survive and keep her career relevant and, uh, you know, good for her. And just like won't stop talking, won't stop talking about her vagina, which is like <laughs> mm-hmm, kudos, you know, like, I mean, the dick jokes are great, but it's like time to, we're still working on bringing up the vagina jokes on the same level, just as like a force of comedy. You could see yeah. the shock on uh, the people's 
faces, like, mm-hmm. across the board whenever a vagina joke would be brought up, like, on a TV appearance or whatnot. Like, there's still, even Jimmy Fallon is, like, balking a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, uh, did you go are... there? Like, of course you, of course she did. Like, have you seen her work? But I think, think that's also something I very much admire about her because uh, not just the fact that she she'll cross certain lines and uh, and go into what some might consider taboo, but that she's she's done that for her entire career mm-hmm. on different levels. Like, she was not going on Johnny Carson's Tonight Show shouting the word vagina left and right, right? But she mm-hmm. was doing other stuff that was like a little bit more transgressive, you know, using other words to to talk about, you know, being a woman or to do things that other female comedians, which, again, there weren't that many who were getting on The Tonight Show at the time. So it's not saying a, a whole lot weren't doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was always kind of pushing the envelope, but she was trying to find the best way to push the envelope for whatever medium she was on and the woman was on pretty much every medium (laughs) you know she had to kind of fight and fight and claw her way through i mean i think the biggest example is her her whole tonight show experience which i don't know if you guys are familiar with the history of joan rivers and the tonight show at all or i looked it up i knew like uh just highlights of it but yeah i looked it up and you know it's pretty tragic yeah so so the cliff notes version for for anyone who's listening is um uh, Joan Rivers, established comedian, killing it, knocking it dead. She's, you know, doing doing spots, doing tours. She's being on Johnny Carson all the time. Uh, is tapped to be uh, one, pretty much what Johnny Carson said was like the more permanent guest host. So whenever Carson's out of town, has a vacation or something, they'll bring in a guest host to host. You know, we've seen it with Kimmel. We've seen it with some other hosts these days. And she was the first person who came on that Johnny was like, uh, you're my now more permanent guest host. The two of them had a very strong relationship. She called him a mentor. Meanwhile, like she's killing it on her own. Like she's hosting Saturday Night Live. She's again doing tours. She's doing comedy albums. She's writing movies. She's just knocking them dead. As a result of knocking them dead, uh, Joan gets an offer from the then upstart Fox channel. I'm talking, you know, OG Fox, like network TV, not this Rupert Murdoch, like fake news bullshit, um, to be the host of her very own late night program. Uh, again, for a brand new network and the first woman to have ever been asked and to have landed a deal to do this. Um I don't know about you guys, but if someone asks me, I'm very underqualified right now, to host a late night show that I'm going to be like breaking barriers for and undoubtedly getting a pretty sizable paycheck, I'm saying yeah. I'm saying yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, she says yes because she's not an idiot. Uh, Meanwhile, over at NBC, Johnny uh, knickers in a twist, Carson, hears about this, takes it as a giant betrayal and bans her from appearing on The Tonight Show pretty much ever again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I say ban, I mean, like, quite literally bans her. Um, she's He also uses his influence to, like, make sure that she's not on a lot of other NBC properties. Uh, she does the Fox show. It lasts for about a, a little less than a season. They replace her. It's uh, politics left and right. Mm-hmm. Um Shortly thereafter, her husband commits suicide. Uh, because they wanted, I guess, to fire him. And then yeah. she stood up for him. And so they're like, okay, we're going to fire both of you. Which makes me sound, makes it sound like 
they wanted to ha- fire her because of whatever was going on politics in the first place. And they used her husband to like basically do that. I mean, it just sounds like that to me. Yeah. I mean, I haven't read a whole a whole lot about what really happened behind the scenes because, you know, no one was taking super copious notes. But I I can't imagine that for someone of her stature who and then shows fail all the time, but uh, to look for a reason to get rid of someone, you know, if you're a woman on late night, uh you're on a brand new network like i i don't know if it's necessarily fair to blame her for things like ratings because again a lot of very talented people host late night shows that fail um the way hers went down didn't seem like it went down in a good fashion um and she after that moment after she got fired from her late night show and after her husband committed suicide, which was tangentially, seemingly somewhat related, at least by her own account. Um, she struggled to get a job, uh, largely because of what Johnny Carson did to her, because he had that fragile white male ego. Like, I don't know if that's the reason, but it definitely fits the bill. It, yeah. And it has like mm-hmm. a mentor, kind of like a sore mentor kind of uh, attitude about it. Like, well, like I like I mentored you like uh, white men have a they, they love to be like in general, like cult leaderish or I can attest <laughs> some of them. Uh, yeah. And at jo- the time. Joe's, Joe's doing cult signs right now as we yeah. speak. There, and there if you would love to followers join behind him. I, Sasha will be replaced <laughs> next week. Uh, but but, uh, <laughs> but there's something about so being sore about her like uh getting that spot without his blessing and like looking for his blessing it's almost like just you know uh sore ego to me yeah and you know i i heard that quote on ted lasso very recently where uh there's someone said you know a a good leader uh something like it hopes you might leave someday a great leader knows that you will um johnny carson did not have that in his body i'm sure he had plenty of other attributes i love watching old episodes of the carson show i think he's very funny but it's hard for me to watch anything that he does without knowing that he did that to another person not specific like if he had done that to literally any other person like i'm admittedly a very big joan rivers fan but that's just a shitty thing to do Mm -hmm. um especially in cases where it's hollywood gatekeeping against someone who is literally breaking a barrier um because as Joe mentioned earlier, women in comedy, not always the easiest time. Yeah, I can't imagine. She had to be so spectacular. And that's not to say there weren't women comedians who weren't great at the time. But to even get on TV to the level she did, to get Johnny Carson's nod, to get her own show. I mean, for a woman, period, you have to be spectacular. That's the the sad thing even now. Right. As like that. Ha- it, you can't just be pretty good. And she really was that she's the faster than anybody. I wouldn't imagine if there's some uh, jealousy going on there in that situation yeah. as well. And she definitely rose to the occasion of everything she did. Um, the the good ending to the terrible story is that she did end up, you know, hustled and fought and she got her own daytime show. Uh, that ran for a number of years after that. And this, this again, was long before anything like Fashion Police or any of the reality programming we talked about. And that daytime show won an Emmy 
um, for beating out Oprah, beating out Sally Jesse Raphael. Like, and she said in her Emmy acceptance speech, like, you know, this is just a testament that like anything can turn around because no one would hire me a couple years ago. I was dead in the water. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I seeing stuff really, like she, seeing stuff like that just it hits she, me. She, mm-hmm. she really um, sounds like a, an embodiment of this Japanese proverb that recently has been kind of <laughs> important in my life. Uh, like you fall seven times, you get up eight times. I mean, you, you know, you just you just always have to pick yourself up. You just keep going. Right. Um, it's pretty cool. Now, as far as like where she stands now with people, I'd love to hear like more of the people you talk to who don't seem to like her and all that. To me, it seems that she suffers from somebody who was started out as a stand up, started out as just like joke machine. And then in her later career, when you're going getting into Apprentice and Fashion Police, the reality show, people like yourself who weren't so prudent as to like look at her older material and whatnot, they might just see her as, oh, this is just the reality show woman. And I like Magic Johnson, for example. Let me connect the two of those. <laughs> um, I, I didn't grow up in like the Magic Johnson basketball era or just like even in knowing basketball, I grew up when Magic Johnson started hosting a mm-hmm. late night show. Mm-hmm. So for me, I never knew Magic Johnson had those like connections of this heroic basketball player. Mm-hmm. I know Magic Johnson as a punchline and a, a late night show host, <laughs> you know, a very uh, tragic punchline. <laughs> but so it's kind of that same situation where I think a lot of people, they just grew up with her now like oh yeah she was on that show or this and they haven't looked into like how just absurdly funny she is because i even think fashion police she's hilarious but it seems to be in this uh, scope that people could really minimize of like oh she's just someone who's bitchy about fashion yeah well she's playing to the room which i i think you know the more that i the more that i've looked at some of her work like the more I see that as a strength as opposed to a shortcoming. But I totally understand how people can see it that way. Um, because again, like she's she's just basically yelling at people about fashion and says some very funny things. Um, some stuff that like wouldn't be out of place in her, her stand-up act and some stuff that is definitely like made for the reality television environment. Mm-hmm. But like her, even among the like reality series she did, um, Fashion Police, which counts as kind of, you know, a little reality talk format sort of style uh joan and melissa the apprentice and even there was this great little um digital series she did called in bed with joan that she just put out on youtube for for all i know i don't think it went anywhere where she sat in bed and she interviewed like her celebrity comedian friends uh in more of like a real style format it, i mean they occasionally obviously like planned we're gonna do this x y and z but it wasn't like scripted scripted um she brings a little something different to the table for every one of those like different flavors of Mm. joan rivers um and i think it's just you know deciding what flavor you might be more interested in and i acknowledge like the fashion police joan rivers is not for everyone but she knows what audience she's playing to Uh, she she knows who's watching that show and she's you know, amping it up. I think I've also heard a lot of stuff like there's and there's been a lot of critique on this and not um, 
not unfairly so about, you know, comedy being mean or hurtful. And I think, you know, we're obviously in the middle of another discussion about that right now with Netflix and, uh, you know, another person that we don't have to necessarily mention. But right. And also with you bringing up the warm core of uh, uh, Ted Lasso. I mean, clearly you're you're a fan if you're quoting it. So you are also uh, a fan of the warm side of comedy. A hundred percent. And I, you know, she's Joan Rivers would say a lot of times um, so she made comments along the lines of, you know, if you're if you're making millions of dollars uh, on a film, making a movie and then you wear something that I don't like on the red carpet, like I feel I don't feel bad for you if I'm making fun of you. Um, There is one story I read where someone asked, you know, do you ever feel bad about anything? And uh, in the interview that that she was asked this, she talked about, uh, I guess she used to have a joke in her act about Willie Nelson, which the, the country singer. Um, and this was a little bit back in the On day. On the road again? Just to give yeah. a little taste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> good. Context. That's good. No, no I'm, I'm, I'm the Willie Nelson. Your person. Willie is great. Joe you is, do yeah. Willie. You do Joan. It's a full <laughs> act. I like it. Um, I think he, she made a joke about her, about him uh, smoking a lot of weed, which is pretty much known that, you know, Willie Nelson smokes a lot of weed. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I guess Willie Nelson's daughter, uh, who was younger Mm. at the time, wrote her and said, you know, I'm getting made fun of a lot at school for these jokes you're doing. Because, again, she was pretty ubiquitous. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, I think during the 2000s, she was kind of more of like a fringe person who you might not know who she is in the middle of the country. She was pretty ubiquitous back in the day. Uh, And... Uh, Joan said, you know, I got that letter and I didn't see any reason to make like a little girl get teased at school. So I stopped doing that joke. Cute. Yeah. I I think you draw your own lines in the sand and that's that's good. And I feel like she always made fun of herself as much as anybody else. And uh, she did a, a different type of comedy than what we see a lot now, which is the kind of lecture Mm-hmm. Uh, she was just jokes. And I think you get into dangerous territory with lecture, both uh, of your own undoing and the audience kind of, then they don't know to take it as jokes when you're doing this lecture format. It's a lot harder to parse just, hey, that was just comedy with also like, well, that person just kind of seemed like they were doing a college course <laughs> good or bad but she was just joke 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 funny 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 so it never felt like she was fixating on any specific topic or group she was just going for the the deepest hardest punch yeah and there's a there's a really cool uh documentary about her where she even talks about like you know having the note cards which you know a lot of comedians do where she would have different jokes on every note card and she would sometimes just you know rifle through them and had this big back catalog of of stuff she could go to and uh, flip out punchlines for punchlines because it's exactly like you said. I don't think there's anyone uh, who's, you know, hit like a huge mainstream level today that is doing the style of comedy that she does. Like, I mean, clearly there are people who are doing Mm -hmm. joke, 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 but it would be one liner after one liner after one liner and she would hit them back to back to back. Yeah. Yeah, it's As a ESL, crazy. it's very hard to follow. Uh, I think, when was her last special? It actually wasn't that long ago, um, from what I remember. Obviously, she, she's been uh, passed away for quite a while, but uh, I remember watching something that was semi-recent within 
the last 15 years that was a really hilarious special and it was just that it was there's so many jokes you're like how do you even do this most people are milking one Mm -hmm. idea for eight minutes yeah and then you might get like a little like a little smile and a head tilt sometimes (laughs) Mm, but she's just bam 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 uh, yeah, as I'm jealous of her. I can't do that shit. That's hard. That is that's hard to do. True mastery. I think that's kind of almost disappeared. Like for the most part, like you know, the comedians who were like really doing the craft in vi- in front of the microphone. Like you like it or leave it. But it's somebody, um, like even Jerry Lewis. Like we talked about him on this podcast before. Like again, maybe not my favorite, you know, performer ever. But like at the same time, somebody who really spent so much time like really performing the very craft of being in front of a microphone and making jokes as opposed to exactly like <laughs> three jokes per page, one of those, you know, ratios. I'm just going yeah. to talk. And I don't want to discount that form Shout so out. much Friends because I think it's also just the, um, it's the times. You know, I'm sure in maybe five years, we're going to get a lot more comedians who are doing snappy jokes, but... For the the past like decade, it seems to have been really ramping up to let's get lectured on stage, mm-hmm. even with the people you would love or, or not. Um, not everybody, but I'm curious what your um, history has been with meeting your friends and whatnot who don't like her. Like, what are they saying? What are what's the data you're getting in your life? Yeah, I think I think it's two things. It's like they're hacky. She's either hacky. Uh, you know, just doing the same the same bits over and over, uh, and not like up to date. Kind of again, and that's that's fair. Like that's a style choice. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't like her format, you're probably not going to be a fan of her comedy. Um, and then just not getting like the the more reality side of it, the more like fashion police side of it, where it is a lot of like deprecating humor. Um, most of it's self self deprecating, uh, but obviously on fashion police where she's asked to like judge other people um and talk about you know what they're wearing whether it be good or bad or you know interview them on the red carpet like uh if you're not into that sort of like celebrity culture probably not going to be for you either um i i do i do think probably my closer friends like they're all they're all more fans of hers because she, again she is kind of snarky and I'm kind of snarky. Uh, a lot of my friends are kind of snarky, um, but yeah, if you don't if you don't like the style, she's probably not going to be for you. But I will I do think that um, most you know people who I know who are comedians or writers who work in entertainment like there is not a single person I know who you know, learning her story and learning her history doesn't at least like respect what the woman did and what she achieved and like some of the things that she came back from. Because, I mean, we talked about the Carson story, but like the ups and downs of this woman's journey is so fascinating and so inspirational to me. Yeah, it's incredible that she even had that like renaissance in her later part of her career, uh, given how many people are just eaten up and swallowed. Uh, given yeah. those situations that she was in. I, I do want to um, just mention something that I think, or we already mentioned before, but like that I think is a big turnoff though for, I think for might be for a lot of people. And for me, it certainly has been this whole time. Um, and again, it's not to judge somebody as much as uh, what it speaks to. And it's like, yes, that amount of plastic surgery can be definitely 
uh, a turnoff in the sense like, well, you're representing the very um, sort of dark side of Hollywood, you know, like where like the person deforms herself in order to be pretty and then like gets in the old age and what does that look like? And again, there's obviously def- different sides to discussing this and like, what does it, you know, why can't she do it? Or like, you know, it's your body, your choice and all that stuff. But um, but I think it's... Um, it's 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 a big contribution to um, wait. She's one of those you know like alien looking people, um, <laughs> you know who um, you know who I, I I don't even recognize personally because you know that she looks like four other people because of what she's done to her face and and again I'm not saying it's it's the she should be remembered by that more than her achievements but it's something that will affect my rating <laughs> and it's something that like you know. That is a big deal to me because I do respect an older lady who hasn't committed uh, the crime of self-defacing, uh, like gener- in general, like in terms of celebrity affection for myself. Yeah, it's the optics of comedy too. Like we do know when you go to see stand up and there's a person comes out with a schlubby hoodie and sweatpants versus somebody in a suit, even you're like, okay, I'm kind of expecting something and I might dislike one or the other immediately upon seeing them based on whatever my thing is maybe i'm thinking oh they're a performer they should dress better or i'm thinking this guy's supposed to be funny and he's looking nice Mm -hmm. you know so there's all those things and i think plastic surgery can be one of those things that feels disconnected from comedy Mm. in a way like oh you would have that lack of self-reflection to go that deep but she acknowledged it so hard that you can't even say mm-hmm. that. Like, I think she really <laughs> owned it so much mm-hmm. that it... Like, none of those things are real or whatever. Yeah. She mm-hmm. would make fun no, of her, no. yeah, yeah. her plastic surgery mm-hmm. quicker than anybody. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the plastic surgery definitely, like, growing up was was something that contributed to, uh, you know, what people would tell me their impressions of her was. And I think, like, growing up, too, like, I was like, I was very firmly in the, like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't do plastic surgery, like, embrace yourself. Now, I I, I could not care less. Like, <laughs> I'm very firmly in the, like, do what you want camp. Uh, do it. Don't do it. Tell people about it. Don't tell people about it. You know, we're all just going to, like, die and decompose someday <laughs> oh, and, definitely. and and nothing matters so and but i do think about it in the context of not like a, oh what drove her to do it because i don't want to put like a negative connotation on like the act of plastic surgery itself but like uh to to have that sort of pressure on her i i can't imagine um that you know her decision to get so much work work done was not in some way you know impacted by you know the pressures of being a woman in this world and especially in that time and i'm not even saying like that it drove her to do it but i don't think you can have those those conversations separately they're so mm-hmm. intrinsically linked in my mind but uh, absolutely and especially because you mentioned something that i think of all the time that we're all gonna die and decompose um within the next 80 years and maybe sooner i definitely something i think about a lot but it almost makes you um like also the other side of it like it defends like like i won't defend defend the side of then don't be an example of uh setting maybe uh, g- uh, example of giving in to the pressure or uh, trying to be someone who um, you think you are not because you're trying to be better than who you are. Or it's almost like speaks against like her 
the plastic surgery itself that she's done to herself almost to me speaks like um, against who she is in the big in the big way to me personally because um, it's if she owned herself that well then um, owning plastic surgery is almost like rejecting yourself at the same time but that's that's maybe like a, another layer that uh, we don't have to go so deep but I'm just yeah uh, agreeing with you that. Everybody's free to do what they want, <laughs> but at the same time, um, we also, by making choices, affect other people around us. Sure, for sure. I could Especially see that. I, I think that's more of a conversation that people have now than they did mm -hmm. the when she first started getting plastic surgery, which I think 30 or 40 years ago, perhaps <laughs> at this point. You know, we are a little bit more uh, into like how our actions affect society as a whole on a personal level mm -hmm. in entertainment. Um, Andrea, I'm, this might put you on the spot too much so you can think about it, but do you have like a top three comedians? Uh, I'm sure Joan Rivers might be number one or in there and <laughs> that could either be stand up or otherwise, uh, but people like Joan, is that, do, do you have a, that handy at all? I, in the neighborhood, in the neighborhood of Joan Rivers. For you. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's interesting because I, I like a lot of like I do like a lot of some of the old older comedians, uh, doing like like older styles. It's funny like Joan has went on record saying that like she doesn't like people like Phyllis Diller. Um, I I don't know. I love that. I love the old snappy. Like I said before, like the one-liner sort of repartee because I cannot do it, and I think it takes so much talent to do um, to to really put a throwback in there. I uh, mm -hmm. I really enjoy the Smothers Brothers <laughs> as mm -hmm. comedians, mm -hmm. uh, both in terms of their stand-up, but more so I fell in love with them. You know, watching their old like uh, was it sixties or seventies like TV show. Um, and I, you know, I grew up on I Love Lucy, which is saying not a whole lot, because if you grew up in America and had syndicated television, mm -hmm. you you probably watched uh, watch those episodes back to back to back. Um, I don't watch a lot of stand up that's current, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, when I do watch it, I and I, I when I do watch something that I enjoy, like I tend to enjoy it a lot, but it's so hard for me to like go through and pick out because I think kind of to your earlier point, a lot of it does sound like, like more luxury. Um, now you kind of have to be in the mood to make that sort of deal with the, the comedian. Mm -hmm. Um, Totally. At, at least especially with the specials that have been coming out more so of late. Yeah, some of the bigger uh, name specials overall have definitely felt that way versus let me just laugh several times a minute, please. Oh, 100%. And, and I don't mean to say that they're bad. I know nothing me, me about stand-up. It's just my personal it. it's just my personal preference sometimes and what I find is easier to sit down to a lot of the times. And you know, some jokes are not going to be great, but because she's firing so many per per minute, like a lot of them are going to be just hits. 
that's, yeah. that's the beauty of it. It's almost like the quantity is gonna make quality come to the top. And, jokes and I are love, just fun. I love her energy too. Like the, I mean, the energy of any comedian is so so important. Is saying like saying this most super obvious thing, but like she was always at like a like a twelve at least. You know, mm-hmm. not just firing them fast, but firing them big and like loud and body and. Um, even if you didn't like what she was saying all the time, like it was, it was, it's hard to listen to some of her standup. And again, I don't listen to stand up that often, uh, but I would listen to hers because it would always put me in a, in a pretty good mood um, and just get my energy up for whatever I was going to, into. Yeah. I, and I love that style of comedy. I think uh, Rodney Dangerfield, even your Norm McDonald's recently passed uh, mm. having just like, we are telling jokes is something that I just it when you see it even in person with somebody you know somebody's quick response to what you said that's it's just delightful this mm-hmm. is what we love and she right and the destroyed. timing and the, the the comedy technique like facially wise like I mean obviously like everything very thought through like everything she did in terms of like just chin turn and you know eye eye roll and all that good stuff oh some of her facials were, were the best she would do the eye roll she would also do the thing where she she'd do the the I, I'm gonna do it I, this is the warning auditory warning the <laughs> with the finger point down the mouth uh bigger bigger than that but uh let's not break anyone's eardrums um but yeah just a just a fun time uh i have one more question and then uh andrea do you have anything else you want to talk about about joan rivers before the ratings as well Mm, i don't think so why don't you do your question then let's see where we are if you can think offhand do you have a favorite joan rivers joke oh god it's a hard um, question, I know. She has like 7,000 million of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, no. No, no, I don't. But I I love I love the um, the bit. I think this was in the best of, in her, one of her most recent comedy specials. I think it might be the, the more recent one. She does the thing where um, the, for the live, this is for a live show and the announcer is doing the uh, turn off your cell phones, turn off your pagers, turn off your two-way communication devices, turn off your one-way communication devices. Uh, if you have a device, you like basically going on and on and this announcer is you know going into depth on the pre-show spiel. And uh, it goes on probably for like a minute or minute and a half. And at the end, he has the bit where uh, he's like in... And before we start the performance, uh, Mrs. Rivers has wanted me to say that if you are offended or feel untoward towards anything that uh, you're about to see or hear this morning, and then at this moment, Joan, who's backstage, cuts in on the mic, and you know the audience can't see her. She's like, that, that, they're just fucking jokes, or whatever she says, which I, I don't know. I love a little, like, I guess it's not breaking the fourth wall when you're at a stand-up show on the anyway, but... Uh, <laughs> It's that whole vibe. It's that whole energy, uh, and putting it into like this pre-show announcement always, always gets me. Yeah, it's um, kind of it's a nice thing to say when you're that level of comedian where you're gonna be digging in. It's kind of almost necessary to tell the audience, <laughs> "Hey, just, just go with it," you know? Yeah, and she's very, she's so, she's so self-aware. Like in that same special uh one of her opening jokes is she's like ah 
I'm the, I'm the best comedian. You can see the best act today in my price range. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I love that. I love that she wasn't a, above anything. You know, I think that's I think that's what makes me like love her more than just like her work itself, you know, because she she did write movies like she did. You write books. She uh, hosted she stand up specials. Did but her she toes in directing a film that did mm-hmm. horribly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. She 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 succeeded and she failed. And then she also did stuff like, again, she I was talking about In Bed with Joan, which is a little digital mm-hmm. series. Uh, she sold things on QVC. Like, mm-hmm. nothing was too precious. Nothing mm-hmm. was too, like, oh, I'm not going to do that. Which she I lived. think, yeah, I think was, like, born simultaneously. I mean, it's hard not to do what you have to do to make money when you drastically need money like she did at some points in her career but i also just love that style because i think so many people in entertainment are very very precious about how they direct their energy um which on one hand is important but if it comes from just like a spot of like i don't want other people to look down on this like Mm -hmm. at the end of the day you got to do two things you got to put put bread on the table and you should probably have a good time doing it. And that's that's my goal as a person um, and as someone in the entertainment industry. So, like, I, I really vibe with that. Sounds like a perfect time to move on to the ratings. The ratings. ratings. How does this work? All right. So we are going to rate Joan Rivers on a scale of 0 to 10 using something else as a reference point. So it can be another stand-up comedian. It could be something else funny it could even be a chocolate chip cookie so you could say hey chocolate chip cookies are an 8 out of 10 joan rivers is a 10 out of 10 way better than chocolate chip cookies and if that doesn't make sense i'll go first (laughs) (laughs) so i will rate joan rivers against another uh aforementioned comedian who i love who's jokey joke um norm mcdonald recently passed away r.i.p Love Norm Macdonald, would watch his specials over and over again, watch his clips over and over again, all throughout my life. Uh, I'm going to have to give him a 10 out of 10. Uh, Joan Rivers. I, so like I said, she's somebody who I do really like before this conversation, really appreciated her. Didn't really follow much of her Apprentice or Fashion Police stuff, more of old clips, um, just they do come up when you're looking at you know old Rodney Dangerfield clips, Norm Macdonald clips. If you go down the YouTube rabbit hole, you're gonna go to Joan <laughs> Rivers as well. Uh, Joan Rivers is eleven out of ten. More than Nor- Norm's. Norm's pretty great too, though. He's a ten out of ten. This has never been done on the show, Andrea. You don't understand. This is a very big moment for Shut Up, I Love It, episode 120-some. And um, this never happened. You're giving Joan Rivers 11 out of 10. I've never broken the scale. Wow. Wow. Never before broken the scale. Andrea, I don't know about you, but I think it's a win for you. That I, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty impressed with your, with your strong stance there. And I will say, I'll take away credit from you, because <laughs> unlike other guests who have convinced me to like something more, 
I mean, Joan Rivers to me is undeniable from the start. Hmm. Just one of the Mount Rushmores. You know, like if there's any stand-up specifically or even any comedian who I would talk to and they had something bad to say about Joan Rivers or like, uh, she wasn't funny or she was just reality TV, blah, blah. There, the, my respect for that person goes down. You don't know what you're talking about with comedy. As far as I'm concerned, if you do not respect Joan Rivers, you do not know. Very aggressive. And you do not know what you're talking about with comedy. And I mean, I'm not going to argue with that because that's just how it is. It just is so true. Let's, let's instead move, move on to me and see what happens. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah, like up, I love it. Um, as we know it. So to me, Joan Rivers is a lot like what the humor, and obviously I don't compare it, the two, but is the humor that I grew up with. Okay, I grew up in Siberia in Russia. I was 19 when I moved to New York. To me, it was mind-blowing to see comedy, to do something that hasn't I haven't seen comedy do before. Joan Rivers is not that. She's the high, um, high uh, level of comedy that I have seen. It's sort of like the borscht belt, like the jokes, like the the jokes, and I'm in you know of like self-deprecation, sexual. Um, um, yeah, like, I, I don't know, there's something about them very <laughs> uh, thematic. Like, they're thematic in the sense of um, it's going to please most people, which I don't think she pleased most people, but they just, thematically, I feel like they will appeal to many people. Um, I'm going to compare her as a barrier breaker to the person I admire. Uh, one person I admire, Misty Copeland. She was the first black ballerina, and she was like, bigger ballerina to break uh, the ceiling for um, a lot of women of color or for any woman of color who was became ballerina since her and I always like been obsessed with her like I've written scripts like just based on her and stuff like that so she me to me she's 10 out of 10 <clears throat> she started also dancing so late in life which is insane um, Joan Rivers to me is an eight so okay, I was for somebody who doesn't pay any attention to Joan Rivers and really overwhelmed by her plastic surgery, uh, I still respect um, everything she's done for women in comedy, and for being nice to the crew, and for just talking a lot about vagina. So get that was vagina jokes back. You know <laughs> she's gone, but we need to we need to keep on carrying carrying the flag. Yeah, how many vagina jokes do you normally talk about on this podcast? Because it seems like you need to up the number. Yeah, no, I up definitely I agree. I agree. Joe and I used to have an improv team, uh, which I think was called Hot Mess. We were really leaned into vagina jokes mm -hmm. heavily. As, yeah. as, as you should, as you should. Yeah, yeah. So most importantly, Andrea, let's hear from you. Uh, well, I'm gonna, I, I, I'm tempted to just do it and give Annie Duke a zero and Joe a 10. <laughs> you can totally Because do that, that's you're, what you're, everyone deserves. <laughs> but I, I will say, since you, Joe, handled comedy and Sasha, you handled boundary breaking, um, I, I want to rank her on terms of versatility because, again, that's something that I super, super admire her for. Um, especially in avenues that maybe not all comedians would be like, oh, yes, yes, I, I will sell. I will sell products on QVC and uh, do all these, all these things for um, various outlets. Uh, 
And I think the other person that comes to mind with that is probably Kim Kardashian because she, again, is someone who I learned of through reality TV. But she uh, now sells things and does things uh, (laughs) (laughs) is how I'm going to put it. Uh, And you know what? They've both hosted SNL is a true fact that I guess I can say now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. I'll argue a good monologue, a great monologue. Subjects on Shut Up, I Love It. Oh, right. Right, Joe? Yes, that is true. Now they share (laughs) a lot, those two. Yeah. No, I want to be clear. I actually have, again, having like a reality background and working in reality TV, I actually have a lot of respect for Kim Kardashian. Um, Though I'm not afraid to make her the uh, punchline of a joke either. I don't. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But I think if I were to give, rank them on a scale, I would give Kim... Uh, seven with a lot of dollar signs by it, and I would probably I, I would give Joan a ten because I think she has a she has such a strong brand identity that's actually based on something and not just uh, you know the way the way one looks. Although to Sasha's point, sometimes is based on the way she looks for better or worse, mm-hmm. and that's okay. It's, it's all good. Different. It's all good. We're we're all just we're all just rotting corpses waiting, but also waiting for our turn. Yeah, very dark, very dark turns on this podcast. Took a few times, but we're back. We're still living, breathing the air, uh, enjoying life, and living in the moment for the most part. Andrea, so nice to have you on this podcast. Would you tell us what's uh, where can the audience <coughs> find you? Slash see you on the internet. Find and see me, yeah. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, my handle there is Andrea underscore ML. I pretty much post everything I'm up to. Uh, the next thing that they can see that I've really done uh, that's going to come out doesn't come out until 2022. But in 2022, if you want to pick up a copy of the video game WWE 2K22... You can uh, experience my writing. Uh, If you can't wait until then, uh, on October 30th at 8 p.m., I'm doing a live sketch comedy show called Friendoween with my sketch group Friendo at a outdoor venue called Open the Portal. We will be outside. We will be asking everyone to show us their vaccination cards. And most importantly, we will be having a good time uh, with a sketch comedy show and a Halloween party afterwards. So if you want to find out more about that, uh, I'll be posting all the information on my Twitter account, or you can also follow at Sketch on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And does Friendoween have anything to do with the band Ween? Because it does come <laughs> up on this podcast a lot. <laughs> uh, no, now I feel like I have to listen to an episode where you mentioned it because I'm unfamiliar with this band. Oh, well. So, I don't know if I There's love ocean, it or I hate it. Ocean of in- information slash potential love uh, and hate. Yeah, imagine a podcast done about <laughs> one band for years. <laughs> Am I on this podcast? Is that the podcast I'm on now? It's a low key. That's not it. It's our sister podcast, but we do have a, a an episode dedicated just to the band. 
Uh, it's a whole thing. I'm living it. <laughs> the fans know. I'm living it. It's it, this is all around me. Not uh, th- that I listen to this it's band, all but my well, husband does. I, I'm gl- I'm glad that I could help contribute to the lore by mentioning <laughs> something similar. Yeah. Um, definitely check out Andrea's show and her socials and the stuff she's doing in 2022. Joe, what's going on with you? What will I plug? Just go to joecabello.com. See something that interests you, like my novella Technovirus, my comic book Bottoms Up, or my other podcast Beat It Movie Reviews. Please. I'll know if you went because I'll look at the stats on my website. Can you see the, the IPs all over the place? I can't legally say that I can, but I check it I out can. sometimes. I see what's going on. And if you are a writer and want to take a television writing class and you are getting ready for the 2022 fellowships take a class with me i'm teaching it at scriptanatomy.com it's uh spec lab is the name of the class look it up on the internet and this is all for today thank you so much elizabeth salute for the artwork thank you mr owl for this amazing track and thank you for listening